0: Welcome back to Many Windows. My name is John Cassie, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friend and co host,
1: Jennifer McGlummery. Is yeah. that my cue? That was your cue, oh, okay. Jennifer.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> I know if there's a pause, I'm supposed to fill that space.
0: That's right. That's right. So, last time we talked about uh, lies, lying, and liars. Yeah.
1: And, and all how, the
0: lying that everyone does. And
1: how all children lie.
0: All children lie. Yeah. Don't 96%.
1: lie. 96%. Don't lie to yourself. Your kids are lying to you. That's correct. That's, <laughs> correct.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Now, uh, uh, today's topic is uh, not about lying, not about social behavior per se, but about social interaction and when, or perhaps whether, young people should get access to smartphones. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you and I both know, because you work in a middle school and I work in a, I mean, I work in a TK through 12, but you know, I teach in a high school, right, that electronic devices particularly ones with the form factor of a smartphone, are highly prized
1: mm. by,
0: by, by students, by young people, right? Because they afford them a lot of advantages that a desktop or a laptop computer or what have you really don't afford, mm-hmm. okay? And we are very frequently asked. I am asked, when I was a principal, I was asked a lot about smartphone use but more importantly about what's the right age,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay? And when is it okay? And once I say it's okay, well, what do I do then, mm-hmm. okay? So I think what we'll talk about is sort of when we think that age is, what are some of the benefits of, of these devices, Yeah, right? pros,
1: pros and cons. Pros and cons, yep. right?
0: Uh, kind of apps to be to be thinking about, you know, ways to keep yourself as a, as a parent up to date. Mm -hmm. Right. And then sort of what is it like to live with these devices if you're not 50, Mm -hmm. but if you're 15 to 24, right. So I'm going to share a little story of a friend of mine, uh, as she did some observations. So
1: one thing I didn't mention last time, um, is I said that I've gone from being an elementary school principal to a middle school principal. right? And what's interesting is that it's within the same district. So there are students Uh that were at my elementary school that went with me to the middle school. So the elementary school that I was Ah. at is a feeder school to the middle school that I am now at.
0: Interesting. Okay. So
1: um, there are parents that I have known now for the last eight years.
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: And I have watched their kids grow up, and I have been with them as they are dealing with particularly some of these issues having to do with technology. Right. And kids, and we've just had a lot of conversations lately about this. Uh, Parents whose kids were in fifth grade last year, they were all telling me that at Christmas time, uh-huh. all of their kids were saying, everybody's getting a smartphone. You know, like, yeah. this was the year. This is yep. what they're all asking for for Christmas is iPhones. And, you know, and right. like, everybody's getting it. Everybody's doing it. That right. argument. Right. This and, is the time. And so the parents just feel so much pressure. And they're calling one another saying, what are you doing? Because right. they don't want to be the only parent who's not getting their kid an iPhone right. or a smartphone, right. when everybody else is, and even if they have some hesitation about it, there's that social pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so that's what I really feel like it's an important topic for us to discuss because parents have got to find support right. from their peers, right? If they're going to wait to get that's their right. kids a, a that's smartphone, right.
0: yeah. And and I would imagine that. Early adopting oriented parents mm-hmm. probably don't want the social um, shame
1: mm-hmm.
0: of being the one who's given their inappropriately young mm-hmm. child a smartphone, which then becomes a topic of consternation, you know, in the school or in a peer group or or what have you, right? So it's a difficult needle to thread, right?
1: We had a uh, what a, something I started called a parent to parent breakfast. It's oh, for incoming fifth grade parents. Okay, it was meant to just facilitate informal discussion between some of our current middle school parents and incoming fifth grade parents. So Got a it. couple of couple <clears throat> of mornings, um, and so I brought people in and I put four people at a table. One was the the current. You know, surviving uh, middle school parent, (laughs) and then there are the three victims. Now, the incoming, you know, who who had a child going to middle school for the first time. Right. And this came up. We did it a couple times. This came up every time. But what interested me most is one of the parents that I specific, really kind of hand picked to be there because I've known her for so long, and I think so highly of her, and she's so level headed, and um, right. Uh, she said, she, "They." I happened to walk up to her table when she was talking to her table, and they were having this discussion. Yeah. And one of the parents was like, I don't, you know, my child is in fifth grade, and I'm not getting him a smartphone. He doesn't need a cell phone. He doesn't need this. And she said th- she was arguing the opposite point. Not necessarily uh-huh. fifth, for fifth grade, but her youngest is in seventh grade. Okay. And she said, well, I disagree because... Um, when all of the other kids have these devices and are using them to communicate with one another, it becomes socially stigmatizing. Indeed, for um, you know, for your child to not have this and not be able to interact with their peers, this is right. how they're all interacting with one another and setting up, you know, times to get together. And if your child doesn't have this, it just makes it so much more difficult. And the interesting point. That she had was she said they they have to have something with training wheels. Right. Before, you know, they can't just go from zero to here's a computer in your hand where you can access anything. How are they gonna learn to navigate that?
0: Right. So that right. led
1: to an interesting discussion that, you know, maybe we save for a little further on um, in this in our time together today to talk about. How do you do that? How do you navigate that transition as yeah. well?
0: Yeah, and that might, in fact, be an entirely separate topic, right? Because the, the navigating of that, uh, in my experience, the parents that I've worked with, they found it extraordinarily difficult,
1: mm. right?
0: And and that's, that's just at the basic level, mm-hmm. right? I've done a number of what I call social media boot camps.
1: Oh, it's for, school?
0: for parents, okay, right, yeah, and these yep. are these are four week long sessions. Oh, wow, right, where it's like here's here's what social media is. Many of them don't know, right now. I, obviously, as as baby boomer parents give way to generation X parents mm-hmm. and give way to millennial parents, those won't be the questions anymore, right? But we're still looking at a lot of generation X parents uh, who who have a, a, a negative Uh, Mm -hmm. kind of feeling Mm -hmm. towards social media, or who only use Facebook and don't really understand how Facebook thinks or works, Mm. and they don't have any perception of all the rest of the social media environment. So what do you cover? You know, well, so I would cover, you know, not just the general topics, you know, what a social media is, right? But I would help them get on to platforms. Okay. Right? Such as? Like... Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And I use them together because Facebook owns Instagram, right? Okay. So it's essentially one one uh, uh, kind of like meta space. Okay. Right? If you're doing something in one, the other platform's aware of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, talk about Snapchat. Okay? Yep. Talk about Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Gaming platforms like, say, mm. Twitch or Discord, mm-hmm. right? Used to talk about Tumblr, but Tumblr is sort of fallen mm. by the wayside, mm-hmm. right? Uh, text messaging apps, mm-hmm. um, but it's essentially those, right? If you cover those, then you get, you get most of what you need, right? Right. Facebook is about creating a, a tribe behind a wall. Okay. My friends are my group and I can set the settings of Facebook so that my communication is only occurring within my fence, mm-hmm. okay? And Instagram largely the same. I can make things private so that only people who have access to the to the to the key
1: mm-hmm. can get
0: through the door, okay? Yes. So Facebook's meant to be inward, okay? Twitter is a broadcast platform. It is meant to be public, right? So if, you're, if your kids are using Twitter, they are engaged in broadcasting, okay? The purpose of that is not to block people, but to speak to the world. Hmm. Facebook is not trying to get you to speak to the world. It's trying to get you to speak to your friends, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Snapchat wants to be a media channel that becomes the place where you get all of the information that's visual that you consume and where you can build shared groups of friends built around, not words, but images, right? That Snapchat's original notion was I could send you a snap, right? And it would disappear. Right. Okay. And so the concern when it came out was it's going to be used to facilitate pornography. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, kind of didn't come to pass. But kids are texting one
1: another with Snapchat
0: now. Indeed. Indeed. Right. So they don't use the messaging apps that maybe we might use Mm -hmm. as adults. They're going to communicate within one of these platforms. They're going to use, well, you know, 13 to 24s don't use Facebook as their primary mode, but they would use Messenger. Uh Twitter has a direct messaging system. Instagram has a direct Mm -hmm. messaging system. So does Snapchat, right? So whatever their ecosystem is, that's where they're going to land, right? And parents had no idea about how to use these or how they work or how they're they're designed, right? Because each one is designed in a very particular and deliberate way. And if you don't understand it, how could you possibly help your kids Use it if you don't use it yourself. Right. How are you going to teach anyone to use it? So that becomes part of the question about when. Mm-hmm. The question isn't about your kid, it's about you as the parent who's going to buy them the device. Because once you have, you have bought also the responsibility to teach them how to use it effectively. Yeah. Right. Now, we as school people. And Jennifer, maybe you particularly as a middle school person, we probably need to be more directed in the way that we help students think about these devices and use them. Because we're quite intentional about teaching them how to use Chromebooks or laptops or desktops or whatever. But when these mobile devices come into our campuses, we're either saying, you can't use it, Mm -hmm. put it in your locker. Okay, that creates an adversarial relationship between the school personnel and students on an issue that is probably not relevant. Mm -hmm. Anything you can do on this smartphone, you can do on an iPad. Mm -hmm. Anything you can do on an iPad, you could do on a laptop. It's simply a form factor. It's one you can put in your pocket. Right. Right. And the challenge that's coming is, you know, we're recording this. You know, in in mid-2019, Samsung has already developed bendable glass. <laughs> okay. How far away are we from a device that's the size of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a postage stamp that you could wear on yourself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you can pull off, you can take it off your clothes and open it up. <laughs> You know, it's as thick as it's as thick as a six-sided die, until you open it, and then it's either a smartphone size, or maybe it's the size of an iPad, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the size of an old-fashioned newspaper, because you can open it as far as you like, because the glass is bendable. Mm-hmm. Well, where are we then? What are we even talking about then? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're talking about smartphones, but folks, you've got to keep in mind that the pace of technological change that's coming is faster than the pace of technology change that we've already experienced.
1: And as usual, schools are way behind.
0: Way behind, okay? Because, well, because education is a fundamentally conservative enterprise. Mm. Don't make a change unless you have a certain level of confidence. Most schools will not early adopt. Right. Because if you early adopt, you are going to make big mistakes. And schools are... Intimidated about making them because they're going to get savagely critiqued. Mm-hmm. Just look at what happened to LAUSD with their iPad right. policy. It's the classic example. Why spend, well, eight figures on devices when you don't have a really clear sense of how you're going to use them? Which gets back to the point, parents. It's not about your kid and the device, mm-hmm. it's about your family ecosystem. What do you know? How well trained are you? How do you use these devices? Which one do you use? Why do you use that one? If you think about, Jennifer, you point about training wheel devices, right? Uh, the Palm Corporation, which made uh, handheld uh, personal assistants. Yeah, like the Palm in, Pilot? Like the Palm Pilot and my my favorite device, I was talking about this device just a few days ago with a colleague, the Handspring Visor. Okay, Handspring was Palm's rival. Okay, the visor was the first color PDA, okay? It had the stylus, you, you wrote notes in graffiti, that right, special right, language, right, right. right? I loved that device. <laughs> and I was very slow to give it up because I loved it so much, right? But the Pong Corporation has designed a, a device that's even smaller than, uh, than a regular sized iPhone. And it's basically just for, for uh, you know, a handful of apps. Okay, that might be a way parents to think about how do I get into this. We're not being sponsored by Palm, by the way, right? <laughs> though, though, if the Palm Corporation is interested in sponsoring this podcast, you can email me at or find us on on Facebook, right? Um, so, so the question of of sort of when to me depends in part on the cognitive skills of the kids and the. Training capacity Mm -hmm. of the parents, Mm -hmm. right? So, when I think about the question that we Mm -hmm. started this episode with, and I look at the cognitive training thing, right? I'm going to be ruling out, at least me, you might just, you might disagree with me on this because we haven't, we haven't prepped this answer, (laughs) you know. I think you're ruling out a hard pass on grades four and below. Yeah. Does that feel yeah. right to you? However,
1: I know talking, talking to my people who are still in elementary, it's, right. it, Things just keep moving down.
0: Indeed, right? Indeed. Yeah.
1: But okay. yes, we are talking about what should be, not what is.
0: That's right. Although yeah. I
1: do want to also talk a little bit about what is, and you know some of the challenges in middle school that we face <laughs> definitely, that for definitely. sure would be in elementary school as well. But yep. I am, I think, the eternal. Optimist in Same. okay. These are the challenges. How are we going to overcome these things and be able to maximize the pros, right? The benefits and minimize right. the
0: right the negative. Schools are embedded within the culture. Yeah, they have the capacity over the long term to shape it. Mm-hmm. But schools are not really good at the hard pivot.
1: Yeah. yeah, right.
0: Schools are not really designed and are not really good at at making a big or radical change in culture within the broader society, right? Schools are in the long game, right? So as these things develop, as the devices become easier to use, as they become smaller, as they become thinner, as they become lighter, and as they become more embedded in what people think is just a – of course you have a smartphone,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? And you have a watch that connects to your phone. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we do. Have you given any thought to why you have such a device? Yeah, because I'm supposed to have one. <laughs> but well, it becomes it becomes reflexive yeah. rather than thoughtful. Yeah. Right? So, again, to me, grade four and under, definitely yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I would think by high school, almost certainly yes. Yes. Right? Which mm-hmm. leaves us sort of in your domain, Jennifer, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're talking probably grades five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And what do you weigh? Well, you weigh the distractibility of the device. Mm -hmm. How much does it cost? How much does it cost to maintain? Mm -hmm. Right? That's a family decision. These things are not cheap. Right. Right? What kind of application environment are you going to allow as a parent? Mm -hmm. If you don't know that, you're not ready to buy the device. Seems to me. Yeah. Right? And what what is the social dynamic that your that your child is either a part of or is being kept from mm-hmm. that the device might have might be implicated in some way right I had a, so what are your
1: so i had a parent of a 6th grade boy we we did a little parent ed night as well yeah. um early on in the year yeah and she was there and she feels really strongly that her son does not need one right now. And she said to me, which is to your point, she said, you know, I'm home all the time. You know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yep. I, you know, myself or my husband, drop him off at school. We know he's at school all day. Right. We pick him up, you know, at right. 3.05 out right. front. Um, uh, I know all of his friends and all of his friends' parents So, if he's arranged to do something different, you know, I communicate with the parents. We've worked that out. Yep. Um, I know if something happens at school, he can use a phone at school to call me. Yep. Um, And he doesn't need to be sitting at home texting with his friends. If he has a friend he wants to talk with, their neighbors come on over. So, this is also something, how we were talking last time about how I was a private school kid. That's right. Right? And now... Um, that's been really interesting. So because I went to a private school, I did not live near any of my friends. Right. I couldn't walk to their house. Right. Right? If I was going to see my friends from school on the weekend, my mom had to drive me sometimes 30 minutes. Indeed. Over to their house. So obviously that took a lot of coordination. Public schools, neighborhood schools, where I'm at right now, particularly in Burbank, you know, their friends live on the same street that they do, or a couple streets over. Exactly, and so getting together, you know, popping over, those kind of things still can happen. Right. So that's all part of exactly what you're talking about—that there are these extenuating circumstances. Right. Um, well, there's that reality have to be weighed. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. There's a reality of 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 how you live your life, mm-hmm. right? It may be that in an independent school with kids who are in Uh, you know, a hundred zip codes. Right. Then having a smartphone in grade five is actually going to be essential for Mm -hmm. your, for your kid to have the ability to maintain the social relationships that, that will make school better. Yeah. Right. It will actually be to the kid's advantage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas in a neighborhood school that might actually exacerbate the negative tendencies mm-hmm. of digital
1: Yeah, like digital we're, social environments. we're gonna sit uh, two blocks away from one another on right. a beautiful day. Yeah, that's and right. Text one another yeah. or play video you know, they all play video games when and yeah. are talking to one another through their video games. Indeed. Um, and that that could be a whole nother discussion. But part of what we talked about in our parent ed night is just the addictive quality. Of, of the device, of the device, of yeah. you know the video games, yep. and I'm interested to uh, to see kids and just how their phone is like a third limb, right? Like they exactly. could possibly mm-hmm. imagine, and not in necessarily a negative way, but for I'll give you an example. We were all out at a fire drill or something, and it had been raining and it was just clearing up, and there was a beautiful rainbow. Ah, that was appearing. Right. And this kid that I've known since he was in kindergarten took out his phone and snapped a picture of it. Yeah. Cuz it was a beautiful rainbow. Yeah. You know, and
0: I That's was, something thousands I, of people and would And I
1: said to him I was like, "Hey, you're not supposed to have your phone out." And he was like, "Oh. Oh yeah." <laughs> it didn't even dawn on him. That he was breaking a rule, right? Yeah, right. Because the official rule is your phone is supposed to be off, and it's supposed to be, like, in your backpack. You know? Right. Now, right. everyone carries it in their pocket. Everyone. Everyone. So let's be honest about that. And then one of the challenges at school is some of your teachers are... Having the kids use their phone because it is another computer right there that everybody's got,
0: right? To that, a kid already knows how to use, yeah, and so you don't have to instruct them on using the device, yep. Right? Get your smartphones out, I know you've got them in your pocket, yep. And I need you to do these five or six things that will improve instruction, Mm -hmm. improve learning, break a rule, yeah, and have you use this device, right? Well, that's a very complicated place to be, and think about. You being the only kid
1: mm-hmm. or
0: one of two kids who don't have such a device, mm-hmm. right? The older you get, the more difficult that that might be within the social environment, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, your point about the neighborhood schools, right? Uh, at the end of last year, uh, a podcast I listened to called The Minimalists, okay? Great guys. Uh, talked about, you should spend... 2019 engaged in more analog social networks. Okay. And I'm like, okay, okay. You, you captured me. Right. And they're like, join a hiking club, Mm. go ride your, go ride a bike with Mm -hmm. a biking club, go down to the shore and join a drum circle. Right. I mean, I live in Huntington beach, California, the Huntington beach, California, Sunday drum circle. Ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) So entertaining. Right. Uh, I'm an avid gamer of tabletop games, uh-huh. right? So they're like, don't play video games. Play tabletop games, right? Get your friends around a table and roll some dice. Right. Super fun, right? So as you think about the question, when should I do this? Don't break up your kids' analog social networks. Yeah. Right? But don't deny them the digital networks if actually the digital network is going to help mm-hmm. maintain reify, establish, whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, a social connection that every middle school kid needs virtually more than anything else. Right. Right. They need a lot of time to practice doing social,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so even though I'm an advocate of technology, and I think that a lot of times people spend too much time worrying, they, they, they sort of go to a fear space. Mm-hmm. not a not a use space, right? Cuz I'm in a neutral place. These devices can be used for grave social harm. Yeah. And they can be used for social good. The device is not the issue. It's how you use it, right? But I you know, I'm kind of go back and forth, yeah. right? So I don't I don't know.
1: So I've heard a couple of stories recently. Yep. yep. Um one mom <clears throat> called me. I didn't even know her, but she called me to say, I need to tell you this thing that happened. Yeah. She said at, I don't know, midnight or something, my daughter's cell phone, I can hear it pings. She gets a text message. I'm thinking who in the world is texting her at this time? Right. And it's somebody that she doesn't know that somehow has her number Uh huh. and is reaching out to her and really, you know, baiting and, um, Uh, seem to have a lot of information and just... About her? Yeah. And like kind of... Creepy. Yeah. Said he was going to come over and just like really freaked them out. right? Yeah, right. So just you are opening yourself up to all of those things. Absolutely. If you're you're not careful and if you haven't created a plan for how to manage
0: full uh, stop.
1: Right? Those kind of things. And that's what you're talking about. When we I think when you are making this decision, you have to figure out what are you going to do about all these things that are potential terrible things that could happen once you've opened yourself up.
0: Right. These these apps that students are going to use are not in and of themselves evil. Right. Or uh, uh, or. Cu- the causes of terrible things, but they can, by nature of their design, expose a student or a young person, yeah. or indeed an adult, yeah. to, uh, to communication or traffic or solicitations or to friend requests or whatever mm-hmm. that really are not appropriate and that are, uh, you know, that are meant to do harm, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is one of the areas where social media and, uh, you know, smartphones, et cetera, actually accelerate something that isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have someone who's being a little predatory in a neighborhood, well, the neighborhood's going to immediately know about that and drive that person away. Yes. Right. Because there's not as much data in the set you're looking at, as is the case if you're trying to look at your kid's. Six hundred friends, yeah. Or on Instagram, they're six hundred followers, right? Because that doesn't even need to be a friend. You don't need to have a relationship. That's just someone looking at your stuff. Mm-hmm. Why are you putting it out there?
1: Okay, so yeah, let do, me ask do, do, you. Do you see what I mean? So I had an uh, eighth grader say to me <clears throat> at lunch the other day. She said, "Dr. Meg, do you watch The Umbrella Academy?"
0: Ah, right. New Netflix program. Okay. Yes,
1: and the funny thing is, I had just been watching something that ended, and it came on automatically. Ah, And I was like, "Oh, "Oh, I want to." Yes, I'm going to watch it. I said, "Actually, no, but I'm just about to start." That's my next.
0: Right, it's in my my queue queue, as well. That's right. Right, (laughs) but I'm going to
1: watch next. (laughs) And she says, "One of the actors on there liked my post." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, you know, fun for you, whatever." So what is she what is she posting? How does right. somebody that she doesn't know would that be a Twitter thing? What would she be going on
0: to? What platform was she? Using?
1: I don't know. That's what right. I'm now I didn't think to ask her in right. the moment, but right. now I'm like I wonder what she was using. Totally. Right? What is uh, that that
0: Right. There are there are two ways in these Networks to engage people who you don't already have some kind of a connection to. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can at someone, right? So if I were to, uh, if I were to post something on Facebook, say, that you and I connected with, Mm -hmm. right? And it could be something silly or it could be something serious, right? I might at you. Okay, use the at sign, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, and then your name would pop up. And I would would link the thing to you. Okay. So that the next time you went on Facebook, you'd see that I had added you. Okay. Okay. Now, let's say that I also wanted someone who you and I don't know, but maybe, hey, maybe some professional out there knows something. Okay. Maybe I would... Maybe I would uh, use a hashtag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, hashtag social media. Okay, so anyone looking for the term social hashtag social media in Facebook or in Twitter or in Instagram would get this in their in their feed, right? So she presumably added him to get him to see if he would look at it. Okay. Okay. Or she hashtagged something. That he was following. Okay. So yes, you can follow hashtags. Okay. Right. So uh, <clears throat> you know if I'm if I'm really interested in um, you know something about um, the Flash, I could watch hashtag the Flash, hashtag Barry Allen, hashtag Grant Gustin. Right. Find what that environment uses to communicate with each other Mm -hmm. and and sort of follow it, Mm -hmm. right? So that's presumably what happened, right? An at or a hashtag, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: But what platform? Yeah. Right? And to what end? Right. And what happens next? Right. And is this guy sharing? Mm -hmm. Did he just like or did he then share? Mm -hmm. Right? Because sometimes you can share on. And to whom? Right. Right. And to
1: what purpose? Yeah. Right. And who have you? It's like a web, right? Spider exactly. web, where now you are now linked to exactly. something else because through this chain. Right.
0: Right. A chain that you maybe didn't even initiate, mm-hmm. but that now you're webbed into. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you might have initiated it, but you're still in the web. Mm-hmm. Right. So at what point does a young person have? Baseline of wisdom to generally avoid, not always avoid, because no one always avoids. Yeah, right. But to generally avoid a bad hashtag, a dumb share, a an offensive post. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm thinking about um, the kids in the Newport Mesa School District who were playing swastika pong
1: right, right? a few
0: weeks ago. Right? Yes. Right in in. In 1970, nobody knows. Right. Right. But now everyone knows because it was shared on, in this case, Instagram. hmm Right? And it immediately became, you know, it, w- my school became aware of it. You know, and, uh, every, and we're all yeah, aware of it. I right?
1: saw it on the news. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, these challenges are going to confront kids, whether they have the device or not. Mm-hmm. Having it gives them the opportunity to... Try it out, Mm -hmm. right? And you as a parent, if you're thoughtful about what you put on that phone, because you can monitor that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you teach your kids how social media works and how these other applications work and what, what data is and what personal identity is. These kind of things. Yeah. Well, the more confident you feel about that, that suggests to me the younger you might experiment.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a, a eighth grade girls book club. It's just a little group, but that yep. started as kind of like a focus group, and we 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 liked meeting together. And we so I started a book club, yep. and so we were um, meeting at lunchtime. And we'd finally like they had gotten comfortable enough with me that they'd kind of forgotten. Sometimes uh-huh. that I was in the room, if uh-huh. you will, that the principal was, and they were having this conversation about, and they were just saying, Oh, yeah, you know, so and so, some, it was all girls, so, uh, this boy, you know, and they named him, and they, uh, sent me a text asking me for a nude, right? And they're like, Oh, yeah. Like, this is so commonplace. You know, their response made me realize how commonplace this was. And then I was like, oh, yeah, whenever I get that, I have this picture of this uh, naked mole rat that I send back. You know, and then another (laughs) one's like, oh, I have this that I do. Like, they all had an answer. Wow. Beginning of the year, eighth grade girls. They all had an answer to what they do when someone sends them a request for nudes. That's astounding. So that's how pervasive that is.
0: Right. 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 Which is something you as a parent have to be mindful of.
1: Right. Yeah. So, you know, you got a phone with a camera or uh, that whole, even like texting, you know, so uh, it all comes through. Um, I also had a mom tell me her seventh grade daughter uh, was texting back and forth with a friend who was sharing with her that she was feeling suicidal.
0: Ah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And they were going back and forth, you know, and and they had a kind of relationship after, I think after a few days, her mom kind of got it out of her. Because initially, like we were talking about on our last episode, you know, kids want to protect their friends. Right. They don't want to cause conflict. They don't want to get anybody in trouble, right? So she wasn't... She didn't immediately come to her mom, but she really felt overwhelmed by this because the girl kept coming to her. And she's she's a seventh grade girl who's wise beyond right. her years and right. was offering good advice and saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do this, you. Do, but was, was starting to feel dragged down by this other person who... It wasn't just a one-off conversation. Right. Kept kind of texting her at night, late at night. Yeah, it's hard. And she didn't know, is this some, Is this real? Is she really thinking about doing this yeah. tonight? Like, what responsibility would I feel if I knew this was going to happen? Da, da, da. Right. right. Okay, all right. of that. But then, so I, I got to thinking, though, and that's something that would have happened with a phone. You're talking on the phone. Indeed. Right? That's not a smartphone or app problem. That's a whole, it's kids are just texting these conversations. The only difference is the written word is much harder to understand someone's, you know, frame of mind, tone, Tone, all of those things that we know. It's so hard to kind of read somebody. We've had to, we've suspended kids because they're threatening one another over text. Well, you know, how often, Twenty years ago, are two boys after school, male posturing, coming up to each other, "You want to fight?" You know, "Oh yeah, you want to?" Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll bring my Oof. group over, you know, my friends, and we'll bring a knife, and it's all—it's ultimately all talk. Right? But there's something about when it's put in writing. For sure. Yep. And then these kids are also savvy enough to snap a picture of that. So Snapchat and all those things that are supposedly going to disappear. Yeah. The kids. Nothing when, disappears. When they uh, feel that they're being threatened or they want to get someone in trouble, they'll snap a, a picture of that. Uh-huh. They all do that now, uh-huh. right? So it, it does last. One of the kids was showing me how you are able to write something. And then go back and delete your parts of the conversation. Indeed. So it looks like just one. So there's so many to your point, which I think is so important. You know, parent, the big question on when that you have to answer is for yourself, when are you ready to deal with these things? That's right, that's right, right?
0: (laughs) yeah. Because because if you just drop your kid into the smartphone deep end, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh, they're not gonna drown. But the skills they learn to not drown may not be the skills you would want them to have. <laughs> yeah. And it may be that the danger to them as they learn how to swim are much more dangerous than, than you actually would have intended. Yeah. Right? Um, the benefits, of course, of these devices are that they facilitate communication and that they, uh, they facilitate work. And they can help you with kind of code switching between different platforms and and different needs, you know, quite rapidly, right? I think about, you know, a friend of mine who said, where is it? So I was looking at Facebook before we started recording, and she said, I'm at a coffee shop in Santa Monica, and I'm totally fascinated by how a millennial, she's a principal at a middle school in LAUSD, and is not a millennial. She's Generation X, okay? Is using technology with great ease. I know I'm being nosy, but here's what I've observed. She's on Google typing in comments with three different people in a Google document. She's planned a trip using Airbnb, and she has taken and saved photos and then uploaded them. She ordered wine from a wine delivery store. She's made this really cool graph now, and she's uploaded it to the Google document. She sent some cupcakes to someone as a gift she looked on Instagram and wrote something funny she sort of chuckled to herself now she's got some kind of complicated Excel spreadsheet looks like I don't even know what that is and she's moving through all of these tasks with ease when she just gets tired of one thing she snaps over to the next to the next to the next to the next and then she says now there's just little old me sitting in the same coffee shop and it took me 15 minutes just to get the password right so I could even (laughs) get onto the internet right So the challenge, you know, to those of us in whatever the previous generation is, is think about what values we are bringing to the conversation. Think about who we are in our hearts and make sure that when your kids get that smartphone, that they're bringing your family's perspective Mm -hmm. to the table and not some random agglomeration of six other family sets of values that they've discerned from talking to their friends or God forbid, they actually interact with these devices the way that the manufacturers Mm -hmm. wants them to, Mm -hmm. because then you've just sold out your values to a corporation's values. Right. Right. And why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, mm-hmm. right? You're just surrendering yourself to, to, uh, to being manipulated yeah. and being treated as a data point, right? We, we, we talk endlessly about, you know, the kind of Orwellian 1984 government crushing <laughs> you kind of thing. And that's something that, you know, you always want to be mindful of in a democracy, but you also want to be mindful that you're not done the same deal by a corporation that you've apparently sold your life to or sold your soul to without realizing it. Yeah. You know? Um, super hard.
1: The parents that I really respect and, you know, have great kids to show for it too, um, have shared with me a couple of things that they have done that I really like that I want to share. Yep. okay. Right? So one was saying that she really makes an effort to... When she's receiving texts or having sometimes difficult communication yep. via text messaging, email, whatever, we all yeah, we right. get those right. She says, "I will actually bring my teenager into that conversation and show them." Yeah, you know, in education we call it like think alouds. It's, it's right. you read something and then you stop and you share with the kids, right. you know, what you're thinking as you read this, <laughs> right. to try and get them. To see behind the curtains That's of right. what good readers do, yeah. what good thinkers yeah. do. So using that same approach of like, here I'm an adult. Sometimes I get tripped up in these situations. I just got this weird text from somebody. Does it? Are they mad at me? Are they trying to? Are, are they trying to joke around? Right. Uh, you know, is right. this serious? Uh, you know, I'm not sure how to interpret this. Right. What do you think? And just bringing them in and modeling, showing them how you deal with these difficult things is a good Huge. step in teaching them so that when they're in those situations, they they have something to fall back on. Right. And hopefully... <clears throat> They will then feel comfortable coming to you as an adult, as the parent, right. going, oh, my gosh, remember how you told me about that uh, situation you had with uh, Aunt Lou and, you yeah. know, that text messaging? Well, I've got a situation with my friend now, and I'm not sure what to do. Right. Right. That's like, to me, the gold standard.
0: That's what we hope. Right. It's a, it, it's a device to solve problems. hmm and, and create if, problems. Yeah, <laughs> Well, they create problems, too, right? But in this case that family is very quickly turning the device into just a platform for 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 living your life and if something weird happens it's an opportunity to work together to solve a problem
1: and to your point at the beginning about you know it is really just a tool or a device so that yeah. conversation you know yeah. that they're having about how to navigate Conflict with a friend or a relative or a difficult situation, that's a life lesson. That's 100%. That could be had face-to-face or it just happens that so many of these conversations now are happening electronically. That's right. Um, And so you're teaching them how to navigate those difficult situations. A lot of parents think when they first give them the device that they should... When we talk about kind of checking and monitoring, yes. they think they need to like steal the device and go through it. Right. Right. Or or have some set time once a week when I'm gonna go through my kid's device. And what what I've been hearing parents talking about and that I really like and what I've started recommending is sit down together. Yep. Not make it a a um head-to-head combat. Right. Make it something that you Say, oh, did something funny happen? Or um show, you know, try and try and sit together on the couch with your right. phones, <clears throat> share funny memes. I don't even know right. what, but have some positive experiences around it, and then <clears throat> lead into, um, you know, did you get any text messages or emails or you know, right. chats or anything this week that you weren't quite sure how to respond to. Yeah, right, right. Right. Like trying to create that dialogue the same way parents are trying to figure out how do you open up conversations about sex and everything else. And everything else. This is another thing.
0: Yeah, and Uh, this might be good practice mm -hmm. for conversations that are actually rather harder.
1: Even harder, yeah.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Friends, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the Facebook page or comment directly on this episode at school-next.com/slash/many windows.
1: And, and I want to I give a resource. Yes, please. Um, that we didn't talk about that uh, is, is grappling with this. There's a movement called Wait Until Eighth meaning wait until 8th grade. Yes, indeed. To give your kids a smartphone. Yep. And so they have a website called waituntil org, and there's like a pledge on there.
0: Is that the number 8 and then
1: yeah. Th? TH? Yeah, TH, yes. okay. It's number 8 and then TH. And it, it cites an article that I think was maybe in the New York Times, something I'm not sure I remember exactly, where heads of Silicon Valley companies like Google and Yahoo and Twitter and all this are behind this. They're saying we don't give our kids smartphones until eighth grade. Yep. Um, I feel like that article is even a year old and that minds are changing so fast around this. Yeah. Um, And even I think my own mind has has changed a little bit mm-hmm. in the course of our conversation yeah. today about when is the right time, and that you're right. It's not. It's gonna. It's not going to be a one size fits all. Yeah. And as I it really think isn't. about, you know, parents are making this decision for their family. I have to try and make this decision for a school, right? Which is so hard, and I've really kind of been avoiding it if you will right we've had a few conversations with faculty but teachers are all in different places with their thinking as well and so it's it's been kind of tough but it's something i'm grappling with too and this has been really helpful for me another one of my friends told me about um an app that she uses She has six kids. Yes. uh, And it's called Life 360. Right,
0: right, Life 360.
1: And it seems to be, it's like a subscription. It's also maybe a device that plugs into their wireless router. It's a whole package, and it allows her to turn off and on her kids' wireless, Ah. you know, from her own phone. She told me a story about how two of her girls were upstairs, you know, arguing and fighting about something, and she just took out her phone and turned off the wireless access boop, for boop. both of them. And within like 10 seconds, they're like, mom, <laughs> something's wrong with the internet. And then they're like, Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we won't do it anymore. You know? So she, it has a whole bunch of different services, but it, yeah. it's a good way to monitor. Right. Um, I think there's, there's, uh, there's a
0: driving this, function. That's what I was
1: going to say. Something about driving,
0: Uh And it creates a kind of, it's a bit like uh, this kind of Facebook model where it creates a private fenced-in area for your family. Yes. And it looks like, from just a cursory overview, I didn't know this app until we talked about it in the pre-show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like it could provide your family with all kinds of interesting family-related data, not just about driving, but about messaging and use of devices and screen time and things like that. It looks like a dynamite app.
1: Well, and I think that
0: they are also not sponsoring many <laughs> yet, windows no. yet. Yeah, um,
1: I think it's. A, I think honestly, it's a Disney something having to do with Disney. Oh, I see. I out. see. So okay. yeah, that that would definitely be what we're shooting for is a Disney sponsorship.
0: Oh, that would be <laughs> nice. <wouldn't it? laughs>
1: then we could just retire.
0: It's even better than all that blue apron money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but I think that uh, just embracing. What technology can do for us, you know, and now yeah. technology even you're learning to monitor itself, Indeed. and how people use apps for falling asleep, monitoring their sleep time, monitoring right. their health, right. you know, all of all these, these kind of life hacking good things. And yep. I, I mean, I could imagine in the classroom there are so many kids that I want them to use a calendar function. I want them to Please. set up
0: alerts. Please. I want them to- <laughs>
1: I I want them to be like, in 10 minutes, you know, this alarm goes off to remind me of this. I walk into my computer teacher's classroom and he's doing that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, and the kids are doing it. And he'll tell the kids, set a 10 minute timer for this and then come and show me X, Y, Z. Right. And it's like that there there are so many positive functions that can help our kids just also the same way that we use it. Teaching our kids how to use those functions and focus on the positive as right. well, and teach them how to navigate the pitfalls.
0: That's right of smartphones. Yeah, because we don't get news reports about the, you know, five hundred million warm, positive, and affirming interactions <laughs> on Instagram a day. Right. We get the notes about the the thousands of negative interactions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not all bad. Yeah. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, how your family is going to navigate this mm-hmm. is a family question. So it may be time for you to think about beefing up your own skills. Yeah. And you know, if you're a parent, right, post your question on on the Facebook group, right. If you're an administrator or a school and you want us to come and talk to your to your fa- faculty or your parents, we'd be happy to.
1: Yeah. And right? if you're a teacher and all of this sounds foreign to you, and you don't know what we're talking about. You need to big time really get familiar with this stuff because yeah. it is happening, and it yeah. is happening in your classroom.
0: And Absolutely. I, I
1: leave you with teachers and administrators something that I have learned very recently is uh, every kid has a recording device in their pocket. Right. And they can turn on that that. Uh, audio recording and walk into your classroom with it in their pocket right and they are recording things that you are saying right and sometimes we don't want everything that we're saying to be recorded
0: right you know right
1: so all of those things exist kids are definitely videotaping things that are happening out on the playground very covertly yeah um so those are some things we have to be aware of and be looking out for
0: exactly well, friends, uh, my hope how are is how you
1: going to turn this around? I just ended on a real downer.
0: My my hope. <laughs> Come on, John, save Debbie. this ending. <laughs> I love spending time with my Debbie downerest of all friends, Jennifer.
1: <laughs> Last time I had a real good, like, and on
0: a positive note. Here's how yeah. this is going to end. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, well, look, it, it's it doesn't. It's a device, yeah, right. So one of the positive things is it's just a device, yeah. right? It's not, uh, it's not like an implant, <laughs> right? You can teach your kids to turn them on and turn them off, yeah. right? And if you are aware of how they're used, you can actually use them to your own benefit far more than you presently do to build your own social networks and your own presence and help your kids develop a really strong and positive and affirming digital footprint, yeah. So that when a, an employer 10 years from now goes looking for them, they see only great stuff that the kid has curated. Yeah. Rather than negative stuff that other people have shared and added them, and the kid isn't even paying attention. Yeah. Right?
1: I've so. started plugging my phone in in the kitchen instead of at my bedside. Mm hmm. Because even when it's on silent, you know, it's still kind of vibrating and buzzing right. and hopping around. Yeah. And, um, I can't do it. Yeah. So I have managed to leave my phone at home accidentally a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally now have it plugged in right by the door that I walk out before I leave so, yeah. so yeah. that I don't leave it at home. But I've yeah. definitely done that a number of times. And, yeah. and then I have to go to work and send out an email to everybody. I forgot my phone at home, so don't Darn. text me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, but look, folks, there's there's a lot you can do. There's a lot to learn. We think we've given you kind of an age range, surely not grade four, yeah. almost certainly by grade nine, Yeah. somewhere in between there, up to your family, yeah. responsive to the network, not the network, neighborhood school mm-hmm. or commuter school. Mm-hmm. What is the social dynamic of your kid within his larger group? What are the dynamics of these other groups that your kid may be involved in? These are all things you should know as a parent anyway. Yeah. You should be paying attention to these things. This is an opportunity. That smartphone question is an opportunity for you to remediate things you haven't been doing effectively as a parent. And maybe to double down on on what you need to do. And like we're, like I said, we're here to help.
1: Yeah. And great conversations to have with other parents.
0: Totally. Among the most interesting I've ever observed mm-hmm. is on this very question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we hope that that parents you'll talk to each other on uh, you know on many windows on Facebook uh, and uh, on our webpage. We hope that you'll give us a rating, give us a review, and give us your thoughts uh, as we uh, bring this episode to a conclusion.
1: Yeah, tell your friends, send us questions you want to hear us tackle. in totally. future episodes, totally. yeah.
0: Uh, what do you? What are you
1: grappling with? What are you concerned about as a teacher, administrator, parent? We want to hear. We want some nice, juicy things to talk about yes. in our upcoming episodes. Yeah,
0: or problems that you have that you wonder. You know, hey, I don't. You know, I'm I'm embarrassed to raise this with my kid's teacher or principal. Mm. Raise it with us. Yeah, we'll do our best. All right. Until next time. Thanks, John. Okay. Bye.
1: <laughs> I like to claim my territory. I, that's right.
0: You've gotta, you got to you got to make uh, got to make sure that everyone knows where you are. My British uh, ancestors would be proud. Indeed. Uh